0: Thank you for tuning into Triple Knot, a podcast for female runners to share their stories, celebrate their accomplishments, and open up conversation around the challenges we may face as young athletes. This is a wicked special episode because not only is it episode 20, it is the first episode where I haven't interviewed current collegiate athletes, and I am joined by not one, not two, but three guests. Miranda, Marcy, and Emily, the four of us have come together to recap and reflect on our experiences as counselors for the fabulous Wildwood Girls Virtual Camp hosted by Marie Markham and Robin McGillis, which took place this past January of 2021. And this was Marie and Robin's first time hosting a virtual girls camp, definitely the largest Zoom call I've been on. I think I saw up to 300 participants, counselors, campers, most of which are current middle school and high school athletes and coaches. Marie and Robin founded Wildwood on the principles of empowering and educating the whole female athlete. And they are absolutely doing that and more. They're putting out such incredible work, whether you're a coach athlete, anyone looking to support female athletes, not just runners. You can find them at wildwoodrunning.com and give them a follow on Instagram at wildwoodrunningpdx. Throughout camp, we would split up into breakout rooms where counselors would facilitate a discussion on the topics of that day. And for this episode, the four of us will get into a conversation of what we experienced at camp and how that intersects with some of our own experiences. And of course, whatever views we express are our own and might not speak to that of the rest of camp and its contributors. The list is long, but for an idea of the depth of knowledge and topics covered at camp, we saw presentations from Wazelle pro-runner Rebecca Mira, Courtney Frerichs and Mariel Hall of the Bowerman Track Club, Elise Kopecki, co-author of the Run Fast, Eat Slow cookbook, people like Emily Krauss, Cara Bozzi, Elizabeth Carey, and Maria Delzot who are experts in their fields, covering topics like Red S periods, identity, nutrition, presentations from Eric Detman, Coach Bennett, Timo Mostert, Jason Retz, Ava Knapp, Christy Smith-Ryan on topics like core visualization, leadership, and so, so, so much more. So thank you so much to everyone who made camp possible and shared some of their insight. And without further ado, let's hear from some of our counselors, shall we?
1: My name is Emily Shaston, I'm currently living in the Boston area, but I grew up in California. Um, I ran cross-country and track for Campolindo High School. Very competitive program there, got to know my coach really well, and um, he was the one who actually introduced me to the Wildwood running camp and suggested that I get involved. I ran briefly for Boston University before kind of deciding to take a more academic route in college and not do as much running. Um, I say that, but then I immediately started training for marathons, so I just couldn't give it up as hard as I tried. Um, So yeah, since then, I've been doing uh, marathons and ultra marathon races. For my career, I'm a health coach and a personal trainer. So I work with others who want to kind of build a healthier lifestyle, whether that's um, physical, mental, emotional, everything to to get healthier. So um, running's been a big part of my life since I was young, and um, I hope that it is forever. (laughs)
2: I'm Miranda. Um, I, so I'm currently living in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, this is where I'm from. I went to school at George Washington University. I ran there. It's a Division I um, cross-country program. So I ran there for four years, um, got my bachelor's degree in exercise science, went on to finish uh, my master's degree as well at the same institution in ex- exercise science as well. Um, and now I'm going to be going into a physical therapy program. So I'm starting a doctorate of physical therapy, um, next year. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I guess can't stay away from school apparently. Um, but my, my running background really uh, started from, uh, middle school. I ran because my sister ran, um, and I fell in love with the sport pretty quickly. Again, ran, you know, into high school and then chose to run in college. Um, my primary specialty in college, I would say it was more long distance base. I was a 5k, 10k runner, one of our only female 10k runners. So That was kind of an interesting experience. But yeah, I mean, otherwise that that's really my, my running background. Now I run, you know, pretty moderate amount, nothing crazy. I don't really train for anything at, you know, I I've had a, history of some injuries that have kind of taken me away from doing any really intense training or, or logging a ton of miles so, um, but now I just you know I do it because I love it just like I'm sure all of you guys and something that keeps me in touch with the sport and you know my, I think my favorite part of it now is more the community, rather than just the running itself.
3: And I'm Marcy Klimick. I am training out of Oregon right now. I had also been in Boston the last 5 years before that. I ran C3 uh, at Winfield College and that was quite a while ago. And that was like kind of one of the interesting things about being part of this camp is I was a little bit older than like some of the other counselors and so it was interesting to kind of get reconnected with that part of running, of like having a team and being you know, part of a school and um, have actually also started high school coaching at the same time. So it has been really fun to get reconnected with that um, because you get kind of like, I've been running and training kind of like on my own independently doing marathoning. So you lose contact with that component of having a team. So it's really, really fun to like get reconnected with that. but. Um, yeah, so I was uh, graduated from Lincoln College, which is a small school outside of Salem. And then from then, i would just been been doing like mostly road marathoning, but also dabbling a little bit in like a trail ultra or a little bit of track here and there. Really enjoyed indoor track when I was living in Boston, because that was something we didn't get to do really on the West Coast. So kind of a little bit of everything. Um, I still work for uh, Massachusetts General Hospital. so I just work remotely? from here in Oregon. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. And
0: Marcy, I'm going to put you on the spot because I do Google all of the people (laughs) I have on the podcast beforehand, but you were an Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon.
3: Yeah, I, (laughs) I have been trying (laughs) to compete in Olympic trials for so long. Um, The first time around, I missed the qualifying mark by like 15 seconds. And the second time around I qualified and got a safe roll stress fracture and couldn't run. and so Atlanta I finally got to run and that was the hardest course and the windiest day after all of that, but it's like I think the slowest marathon I've ever run, but I was like, by God, I'm going to finish this thing. <laughs> it's oh, been so- ten years so of chasing this. I will finish it so. At
1: least I got through it. (laughs) Um, I was there. I was there with my coach that I talked about. Um, My best friend was in that race. And you are not lying. It was crazy windy. It was cold. It was windy. There were just these pockets of like tunnel
3: of wind. And you could see everybody's face was just so mad. It was like by far the hardest race I've ever gotten. There were times where I was literally having to like walk and sob. (laughs) (laughs) But you so, made it. But I look around I'm like there's other people that are at the same point with me. <laughs> Do you can feel it. <laughs> so yeah, that was an adventure. <laughs>
0: That's great. I love that story and then both of you were there. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Coincidence. So I am your host, Haley Marcos, and I ran cross-country and track at Smith College, which is an NCAA division three school in Massachusetts. And I graduated last year, May of 2020, and I'm currently recording out of Portland, Maine, which is where I live. And I work as a behavioral health professional at a couple of elementary schools um, and soon to be middle school track coach, coach permitting. <laughs> but I'm really excited about that opportunity. And I grew up in New Hampshire, ran at Dover High, which was pretty small, not super competitive program but a great, a great start, um, into running. So one of the first topics that we covered at camp or yeah, the first topic that we discussed was what, our why is for running. So I'm interested to hear what your why was for getting into the sport and how that's evolved over the years for you. Marcy, you can take us away on this one when you're ready. Sure.
3: I mean, I think, you know, initially, and this is like the interesting thing is like I was just trying to put a lot of these topics like into the context of like high school girls and so I, I was reflecting like okay well when I started running in like middle school I mean I think it was just something that I like was naturally good at and so it was like nice to get like some positive feedback and some you know recognition and then how much that's evolved over time and now it's like you know, all the different reasons, you know, like just a space to think and like a sense of routine and stability, which I've really enjoyed throughout the last year since everything has been so wonky. I've really leaned on it as like, you know, you still have this thing where you go out and you do the same things every day. And it's a great way to meet new people. Um, You know, it's like moving to Boston and then back from Boston, you it's such a like, natural community that you have so i mean there's and that was like the nice thing is when they were going over this topic even within the high school kids you saw a huge diversity of reasons and it made me even realize some reasons i hadn't thought of before that you know that they were bringing up they had so much to offer and such an interesting insight so yeah i thought that was nice what about for you emily
1: Yeah, I think it was interesting. It had been a while since I sort of reflected on my why. And I think that's such a huge reason that some of us go through these dips of motivation as an athlete or as a runner is you don't often spend time thinking like, well, why am I really doing this? Like, I know this is on my calendar for the day, but like, have I really taken a minute to think about the bigger picture why this is important to me? So you know when I got started in high school it was something that um you know my older brother had done and been very successful at and I thought oh this is something that I you know want to follow in his footsteps so initially my why was really kind of external it was you know this person did it somebody that I admire I'm going to give it a try um, and then kind of like Marcy said, like, I was just a little bit better at it than I thought I was going to be. And when you're that young and impressionable, being good at something is a very good feeling. I just feel like you're encouraged and, um, you know, people are are telling you that you have all this potential, which is um, good. And they're investing, you know, their time and energy into getting you better at your at your sport. So I do think a big, you know, part of my why was sort of exploring something that I had a little bit of talent with. Um, but then it became, you know, my best friends, my teammates camaraderie was uh, part of my identity as, as a high school student. And then, um, you know, even when I started college, only then did I figure out that I don't necessarily need a D1 program and this to take over my life to still be a runner. That my identity could be tied to running without um, kind of an official stamp on it. Um, so now I think my why is a lot more kind of that physical, mental, emotional, all into one that I love the way that it makes me feel. Um, it's a good, you know, like Marcia said, it's a good thinking space. It's a good part of your routine that you can count on when things get tough. Um, and it has allowed me to, you know, meet new people and to set goals for myself, um, and achieve them. Cause I think sometimes when we get older, exercise becomes just about, oh, I have to go to the gym. I have to do this or that versus I have a goal. I want to run this fast. I want to run this many miles. Um, So again, I do think that the why changes over time. And right now it's just the biggest why is health and happiness, I would say.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I love to, well, what you said about, I like feeling like you have to do it. One thing my coach would always say was frame it as I get to do it. And that was always something that was so powerful. Like how lucky are we that we get to go out and run every day and have a team surrounding us. And yeah, for me, I feel like running was one of the first tastes of independence, like as a child to get to go run during this recess group that we had at my school, kind of like off, off campus. That's not what elementary schools call it but (laughs) off of the school grounds. It was just such a great freedom. And yeah, definitely once I got, more later into middle school and then high school it was that like as you both said like the positive feedback and the recognition and being good at something like that really lit a fire in me whether that was for better or for worse because I I do think at one point that was you know being competitive and and trying to see what level of competition I could get to kind of took over the other whys for me but yeah now it's evolved into into so much more than like, yes, they're still competing and, and racing and training hard, but, you know, stepping back and, and realizing all the people it connects us to and the laughter and how much it empowers you to just, you know, be much more than a runner. So yeah, thank you both for sharing that. I'm interested how you heard about camp and what your why
2: was for joining camp. So camp I heard about through um, Strong Runner Chicks. I've been a part of their community really since probably about 2017. Um, I connected with Megan. um, I don't even really remember how I found their community. I think I might have found it um, just as I was, you know, doing some research. It was kind of when I was in this position in my life where I was starting to realize that I had, you know, a disordered relationship with food and with exercise and running. And I think I was really kind of just desperate for a community really. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure that that was, how I found it, but I reached out to her and pretty quickly got involved with, um, again, just helping Taylor a lot of like strength programs, um, wrote some blog posts, things about my experience, and then just started to talk to other community members within, um, so I've you know now been in touch with Megan for several years and when she partnered with Wildwood Running for their mentorship program I was like yes absolutely I want to do this so as a mentor for that Wildwood Running program um, I had gotten into that email of hey are you interested in being a camp counselor Um, and I thought you know what an awesome experience I've had uh, really the privilege of going to, um, Melody Fairchild's running camp and being a counselor there, which was an amazing experience, um, going to several, you know, strong runner chick events as well. And so I knew, you know, this was a great opportunity to really get in touch with these young girls and just again, keep, keep fostering that community.
0: Awesome. I, lived in Boulder, Colorado for a summer. And I, I worked with Melody at one of her youth running programs. And she told me all about her camp. I invited me to it that summer, but I wasn't able to go because of, of my work. But that seems like such a, an amazing experience. And I also just saw someone outside my window running with a tank top and a jacket tied around their waist. It is Freezing and snowing here right now, so <laughs> it seems like they were prepared, but I guess got a little <laughs> hot. So,
2: <laughs> oh my god, I can't even imagine. Right now, it's like nineteen degrees, so I can't <laughs> imagine running in a tank top in that
3: weather. Um, I have heard about camp actually through. Um, since I moved back, I've started assistant coaching at the local high school with the same coach that like was my coach in high school. And so he had put me in contact because they were like looking for counselors on this and I totally jumped on it. It sounded like such an interesting opportunity and we didn't get too much information about it leading up to it. Um, So it was kind of just, you know, we like showed up and they're like, well, these are kind of the topics for the day go. And it was nice in a way though that, you know, it was pretty free form and I appreciate that. Like they did give you some, you know, basic questions to build off of, but I loved how like they kind of allowed everyone to express themselves in a very like natural, free flowing, not so like, you know, predetermined and plotted out. So, um, I mean, I'm definitely a yes person. If I have any opportunity to connect with like the running community, I will definitely take it. So I'm just glad that I, was able to get connected,
1: but yeah, it it was such a fun experience. Yeah. My, like I said, my, my high school coach had reached out. He was hosting for his team in California, um, like a weekly zoom call and he was having like kind of former athletes, other guests and stuff like that for his team. So he asked me to come on there to talk more about, um, like healthy habit behavior, which is like part of what I do for work. Um, and then had after that conversation mentioned that, there was opportunities for, for counselors for this. Um, and they did, you know, it only took me like five minutes of research to be like, I am so on board with this, but like Marcy, I'm very much like a yes person, new opportunities, meeting new people, like networking in whatever way, especially when it's, um, you know, geared towards females. I think that's very powerful. Um, and I just, I loved the vibe from them. The first like zoom call we had to the end, um, again, it was like, not really, it was well organized, but it wasn't rigid. It felt like we had room to sort of express and go a minute over or share personal stories without it being like, oh, you're on a deadline. And like, this is exactly how camp is going to go. It's like, they kind of just like, let it flow for itself. Um, And I was so, so happy. Even after the first night, I was like, this was such a great opportunity. And I was really happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. I loved how much Marie and Robin just trusted us all to, to take over our own group and jump right in and yeah, bring our own experiences to it because I, I had just been following them on Instagram and seeing their work really excited me because I felt like that was something that I needed when I was in high school and wish, wish I'd heard more of and wanting to get into coaching myself was interested in and just reached out and was like, Hey, I I'm interested how, like, how could I get involved? And they just let me jump right in. So that was, that was, that was awesome. So what did your trail group teach you or what type of knowledge or ideas did you leave your trail group with?
3: You know, mine was, I was so impressed and inspired by the amount of confidence that these high school girls had, because I would never have felt, I don't think just confident having some of those conversations um, with, you know, a lot of groups are people they, they didn't know. And there was people from all over the country and the, their willingness to like be genuine and participate and engage was like extremely impressive. <laughs> and so I think that was actually the biggest thing that I came away from was just that the, these kids are amazing. And so much of the stuff that was like, well, I thought it'd be like a little advanced for like high school kids. Cause I, I mean, maybe I was naive in high school, but like none, a lot of these topics were like things I'd never like visualization or even like discussing your period or like, I didn't touch any of that stuff. Even in college, a lot of it was like, not really like open for discussion. So I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to be a little bit advanced for like high school girls but half the stuff I get in there, like, yeah, I've heard about this. Like, let me add this other thing that I know about it. And I was like, it made it so easy. (laughs) They're just so like, that's so confident and like just their knowledge base is like, maybe it's just the availability of information, but I was just so blown away by the girls. They were amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think like certain days and certain topics, Um, I had a lot of participation other days, other topics, not as much. And like, that could be a number of things, right? I think the comfortability definitely grew over time to feeling like, oh, we sort of know each other a little bit. Um, but it was interesting, especially when they had given us, you know, something to read or something to reflect on the things that I picked up on were different from the things that they picked up on. And I think that's so important is to say like, oh, I picked these three quotes that I think were really powerful. And somebody else found one. I was like, Oh, that's amazing. I didn't think of that. Right. So just I- in being a little bit separated, we each came up with our own like sort of takeaway statement or powerful statement from that. Um, but I do, I think their willingness to to be vulnerable and to show up was amazing. Um, reading their like posts afterward were awesome. So for those girls who didn't maybe feel comfortable, like speaking, speaking up, they had an opportunity to share their thoughts over like the kind of message board system. Um, but yeah, I definitely think I, 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 learned a lot from, from them and, and I hope that they, you know, in turn took a lot away from those kind of peer conversations too.
0: Yeah, for sure. I kept saying to my group, like the fact that you're here and participating is just such a big step in your commitment to yourself and your team as a person and a runner. And yeah, it was, it was super great, especially after everything that's we've all been through the past year collectively and individually, I can't imagine what the experience of being a high school runner right now would be like. So what ways were you challenged during camp, whether that was your own beliefs coming in or just certain habits or practices you have, or even if it was just in facilitating a group,
1: Um, I would say for sure. I mean, facilitating a conversation over Zoom is really hard, right? Like everybody's muted. And so it takes that extra action to unmute yourself to, and that's hard to like, other than kind of like raising your hand or making eye contact with a presenter, like those are sort of more like organic ways to start a conversation. So I think again, on those kind of low participation days, like just sitting with silence is something that I have a hard time with, just like in my life. Um, So I think that part was, was challenging, but I would say it's hard to kind of like go back and try to like relive some of those high school struggles and to say like, oh, these are things that happened to me. These are things that I heard, right? Rumors that are there trying to dispel that like, again, it bolstered the fact that I was like, I wish I had something like this in high school because I could sort of say that happened to me. I believed that. I thought that. I was in that, right? And so I think that is sort of a I mean, like to say it's traumatic is a little bit above and beyond, but like just kind of reflecting on that and feeling a little bit bummed out for high school, Emily, that really had a hard time and now being like, I wish I could be there for her and tell her some of the things that, you know, these girls are learning now. So um, but just that self-reflection process, I felt like over, you know, over the course of the week, I would sort of continue to, to think about those things, which is powerful, um, but not always easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think
3: with that, there was like, I was very torn between like wanting to share things that were personal to me, but also trying not to use, you know, my personal labels for things or my personal experiences with things in my language. When I was discussing, I was trying so hard to more so just get them to talk because you know, I'm turning 34 this year, a lot of the things that for me are challenges in running are going to be different than for, you know, a freshman in high school. And I just, there is something wonderful about a little bit of like, being naive at that age where like, if, if you don't feel any stigma about like your body type or anything, I'm like, I don't want to like put that on you. Like if that's I want to make you aware of it, but I don't want to, like, create all of a sudden this thought where, like, well, is that normal to have, like, a stigma with certain body types? And so it was, like, this, this balance sort of, like, it's – some of these kids, you could tell they just had never, like, really thought of that before. Like, they were very talkable, like, that, that hadn't occurred to them that, <laughs> like, you, that this could even be a problem. You're, like, oh, I, I want to prepare you, but I also don't want to, like – bombard you with too much of my like what uh, things that I'm seeing or I've gone through so it was it was an interesting struggle um between kind of those two things yeah
0: totally both of those points resonate with me so much because i i too wanted to share my experiences because i went through my own challenges of having an eating disorder burning out like different mental health challenges and I was like, how much of this would be projecting my own experiences or ideas onto high schoolers or how much of it is me being vulnerable, which could transform something for them. So I really loved too, how Marie and Robin kept stressing how, you know, knowledge is power and it's something we talk about might not come up for you, but it I think a teammate could be going through it or- even just a friend in a different sport. And it's really important to still have that perspective that you can then guide them and and help them through whatever challenges.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was even like top that, like I personally had maybe was not 100% comfortable talking about. It was like, I wanted so badly to like project confidence (laughs) so that like that would encourage them to feel some confidence because I was feeding off of them when they would like, be you know comfortable talking about something I was like that's great if you just kind of set the tone that like you know anything you say is good and we're all going to respect you then like that would kind of feed into that cycle so I was trying so consciously to like just watch the tone of my voice and the words I was choosing and to like always stay very respectful and inclusive and you know not slipping into like my personal feelings about stuff because I wanted to like encourage a certain tone for the group altogether so which could be a little challenging.
1: <laughs> Something that I wanted to get your guys's feedback on I thought was interesting was whether or not so I had a few um, like teammates, right so I think I had like three or four girls were on the same team in Montana and a couple girls are on the same team and I wondered do we feel like that was a like a positive choice as in like, oh, I know, I know this person, like we're already close. This is great. Or would you feel like it would be easier to be like vulnerable and open up to like strangers, girls who maybe going through the same thing, but like, you don't know them. You don't see them at school. They're not on your text chain. You know what I mean? My thing was like, what could have
3: initially been like, a negative thing is like, oh, we have to do this camp virtually turned out to be a very cool component <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because you had such diversity in the areas people were coming from and, you know, different dynamics on their teams. And I think looking back on it, breaking up teammates uh, could have been a really good idea. And also the decision to like not invite coaches into some of the smaller groups was also, I think, a really good idea. Um, yeah. I think just having some people that you don't have to go back to practice the next day and like, you know, you, it just feels a little more like anonymous than being with your teammates.
0: How have some of the topics at camp shown up in your running or some of the topics that we covered at camp shown up in your running experiences?
3: I mean, some of the speakers. It was kind of a treat to be in on like these speakers just on a personal level <laughs> because a lot of it was useful information and inspiring if you're high school level or whatever level you're at. I really, really enjoyed actually the, the pieces that first weekend on journaling um, and actually like the different posts and photos that the girls were posting of their journals were like really inspiring and I kind was of like have definitely looked through them. and I was like, wow, that's a really interesting idea and I've done a much better job of truly mostly just from like kind of seeing the interesting things that they were doing. But I thought that actually the, the speakers that were most inspirational were some of the ones that had, I mean, they were related to running, but not specifically running focused. Like the ones on, you know, diversifying and exploring your identity. And um, Rhea Dalzot, her nutrition was probably my favorite presenter, just the energy that she brought. Um, And like I said, it was somewhat running specific, but it was also very well-rounded and you could apply it to like so many different aspects that you had in your life. So I really enjoyed actually a lot of the speakers that weren't running specific. And I mean, they were all great, but just on a personal level, I really enjoyed those speakers, so.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that again, being a little bit separated from day-to-day competitive running personally, I found that some of those kind of more holistic speakers were really interesting trying to, um, you know, build your identity as a woman, as a human before just being a runner. Like, let's think about this kind of like long-term life after running, like life after competitive running. Um, I did think that the kind of, Uh, nutrition conversations were super interesting and, you know, the like running on your period, the red S conversations were definitely something that like, I feel like my high school self, that would have been really like relatable and interesting. And I mean, even like in my, you know, early twenties, I'm 28 now, like trying to still like not overtrain and like maintain my period and maintain my nutrition. That's still stuff that I'm dealing with. Um, and that's not something that like I necessarily shared with those girls, but I'm sharing it now as it, it, it's still hard. It's still hard to be a runner and to take care of your body as a female. And so I did feel like those speakers were very powerful and they they would have been then and they are now. So I think they did a great job kind of balancing the interests of the different speakers and what they had to offer.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree. I love that you mentioned, again, how they talked about that identity piece and how, again, being more than a runner, more than an athlete, and really touching on how can we, you know, again, maybe it's through journaling, right? Like, how can we find our identity in other ways? And I think that's something that I personally never got when I was younger. I think a lot of this information is information that, again, when I was that age, I definitely think I could have applied, but that I never got and really, you know, struggled to find that identity. So when my athletic career was over um, from a competitive standpoint in college, that was a really difficult um, transition. And so I think, again, bringing those topics in for these girls is is only going to help them, especially as it compounds over the years, right? Because they're only in high school if they choose to go and run four years competitively in college, so at least have had a foundation of that you know, work being done on how do I cultivate my identity outside of this sport? Um, but I, I personally, I think my, my favorite part of all of the speakers, again, is really the topics on how important your menstrual cycle is. Um, that was something that I personally, I mean, didn't get until I was 21 years old, um, <laughs> which is, you know, just it, now looking back, I'm, I'm 24 now, and I, I don't, you know, I think about that all the time. I'm like, Oh my God, like I, you know, that is so abnormal and it never once was it brought up to me as a red flag until it was pretty much, you know, too late as far as my bone density is concerned, you know, um, that took a very large hit, um, and I, so I think about it all the time. And I think that's why I love these resources for these girls is I hope that even if just a few of them, right, like really get that importance of how important their menstrual cycle is. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt, you know, nobody likes it, right? But it is so important, especially at that age when you're, you know, your peak bone mass is really accumulating. So I just, I love that they really touch on that and Red S and just all of those things and and how important it is to really be educated and and seek professional help if you're you know unsure or if you just need a little bit of guidance
0: yeah for sure and that was another challenge that came up for me in having these conversations with my breakout group was just knowing that everyone is at a different place with where they are with puberty and knowing that puberty looks different for everyone and that's normal and totally fine um And it's interesting to think, to try to think from high school Haley's perspective, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily feel like a lot of these topics were relevant because at the time I felt like I was healthy and it wasn't so much a real pressure around food or body image. It was more so that I had an unhealthy relationship with athletics, but to me, it was just doing what I needed to do to be the best athlete I could. Um, And if anything, I think it would have been interesting to be fed these messages so that I could take a step back and say, wait, my, my identity does lean more towards athletics or, you know, that actually maybe what I need to do to be a better athlete is do less, is rest more. And I just had a misinformed idea of periods and eating disorders too. So that when I did go through my own challenges in college of having an eating disorder, that was rather atypical from what I had been fed in the media. And even my primary care physician, I remember I hadn't had my period for over a year and she's like, Oh, that's, you know, totally normal for endurance athletes. You don't have low body weight, you know, you're fine. And it would have been interesting how, how, getting this knowledge and information would have helped me maybe or brought me to different realizations when I was in high school that might have prevented some of the challenges I went through in college or have better equipped me for going through those challenges. And I definitely viewed, I remember starting my period, I viewed that as a negative thing. I I was ashamed by it and yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way it should be something we embrace i'm interested in what if if we all can dig back a little bit to what our transition from high school running from high school running to college running was like and what came up for you in that transition
3: i was lucky to have a coach that that kind of just set the expectation like your freshman year will be what it's going to be like just let it go, like, see how it goes. If, you know, there's a lot of change, it's a big demand. You know, he didn't try to put a lot of pressure on us, especially that freshman year, which I'm very grateful for. <laughs> um, because I think there are a lot of very highly competitive programs where, you know, even from the go, they like want you coming into the season fit ready to go or you're not making a squad. And that I think that's something I really enjoyed about running D3 is, we didn't have it was a very rounded it was education first and like competition second so um, when I think about having the pressure of you know having athletics as your main like if you have a scholarship depending on athletics or something like that sounds so intimidating to me as like a college freshman so um, I feel very fortunate that I was coming into a program that was very supportive in that way. Cause I don't think that's everyone's experience. So, um,
1: yeah, I just feel lucky. Yeah. My high school program was very, very intense. It was, you know, two a days, three days a week. It was Saturdays. It was Sunday long runs. It was everything. So I do feel like I kind of experienced a burnout, before I even got to college. And then once I got to college, I was like, Oh, what? There's more to life than running. It was like, just like a punch in the face that there was like, Oh, there are like making friends. There's going to parties. There's like clubs, there's other activities, like academics that you can be a part of that. When I was in a D one running program, I just remember like, um, I had to choose an English class. I had to take like English one one you had to take an English class that fit between these hours, and like the only thing left was like, uh, like Russian literature from the 1700s, and I was like, no, absolutely not. And then I started to realize why am I sort of planning like my whole life? I love English, I love writing, I love reading. Why am I planning this like just around? I got to be at practice at 3:30, you know. And so that was sort of a wake up moment for me. Is that can I still have running as part of my identity? while not being a part of this team. So I didn't last long on that team, to be honest. And I think now that was a good thing. Um, But I think like what Marcy's experience had that mine didn't was um, you're a person, you're a person, you're a student, you're an athlete, and we want you to do the best you can your freshman year, but things are hard. And nobody like acknowledged that. And so I felt like I was just thrown into a D1 running program. That was a lot like my high school that was like, this is still your life. And I had to take a step back and that wasn't for me, you know? Um, And I, again, I didn't last long on the team, but luckily with running, like you don't necessarily need other people. You need your shoes and that's it. You know what I mean? So um, that transition was hard for me to sort of say, okay, I can still have running, be a part of my identity without being a part of this team and, and, and learning how to realize that uh, I'm not letting anyone down. This is about me. This is about my life and my identity and I have to do what's right for me.
2: Yeah, I think um I mean my transition was kind of I guess a little bit similar and different in some ways. I think uh, I mean my high school program was very opposite of yours Emily. It was very lax. Um you know, we like I don't. I don't, didn't even track how many miles they ran a week, but I would say it probably was not over thirty-five ever. You know, which, again, in hindsight now I look at that and I'm like, wow, that was actually probably really good for me at the time. You know, I can't even imagine what would have happened to my my poor my poor body if it had you know had that additional mileage even at a much younger age. Um, but so that transition was pretty tough as far as just the the physical demand. Um, I I did have a, a very good coach. Um, I'm I'm very thankful for the coach that I had. Where yes, it was a Division one program, but the school was a. Uh, um, it was more, I mean, it was just more academic based, right? We were there because we were good runners and we'd love to run, but, you know, you couldn't get into the school if, if academics wasn't going to be your priority. It just wasn't that kind of institution, which again, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for because I think. There there were times when, yeah, I had to choose between, you know, a certain class or how is it going to fit in my schedule because running had to be a priority as well. But I think there was an understanding that it still came secondary. Um, I was never forced to, you know, opt out of a class that I really wanted to take or that I had to take because, you know, I needed to fit it into my practice schedule. So, but I think just as far as that making that adjustment, um, it was just tough to come into that program again, being somebody who I think when I was coming into it as a freshman, I, I didn't feel like I belonged at a division one program, honestly. Um, I think I, you know, always thought, Oh, I'm a, you know, a decent runner in high school, but I never thought I was D one caliber and, um, you know, and, and I just, was grateful for the experience, but then I think I kind of let some pressure get to me that I had, you know, self-inflicted really of like, oh, well, if I'm in this program, I, I really have to perform and I have to, you know, get my times to a certain point to feel worthy of the the status that I hold as a, as a D1 athlete, which again, I kind of, I chuckle at now because, you know, in hindsight, it really doesn't matter. And the more I learned about programs that were at all different divisions, all different levels, that means nothing, you know, a lot of it just comes down to money of the school and, and, you know, and, and, size, it doesn't come down to the quality of their athletes. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of that, again, pressure was not, it didn't feel meaningless at the time, but now I think I've learned that you know a lot of it really wasn't wasn't necessary at all. But so I think that was a tough transition that and like I said, just physically adjusting to, oh my God, I'm not running three miles as an easy run. It's now eight miles as an easy run. And it's not at a, you know, eight minute pace, it's at a 720 or 710. And I'm like, you know, so it's it really just I think it was like those things that that were a little overwhelming at first, but obviously, you know, you get into the groove of it, the more you do it. Um, And, uh, and yeah, like I said, again, grateful to have a coach that that worked with me. And um, I know, you know, a lot of people who weren't as fortunate to have that kind of experience. And I can only imagine how much tougher that would make uh, transitioning from high school to collegiate running.
0: Yeah, I really am loving the four different perspectives with very common themes at the same time that we we bring to this talk because I loved in one of the presentations about running after high school, how much they stressed that anyone can run after high school, anyone can run in college, doesn't matter how serious you are, doesn't matter how fast you are, there's a program out there for you. If you, if there's a will, there's a way. And I also loved Kara Bozzi's identity presentation that we've brought up a couple times. She did this visual with the deck of cards and each card was a piece of your identity. And I definitely came into college with a very narrow identity that was based largely around just being an athlete and a student. And when I got to college, it made me really need to reconsider what my identity was and that there were so many other pieces of that that I didn't have balanced out in high school. So that was definitely a big adjustment point for me. And there was some grieving in that too, because I had to give up. Like I was a swimmer and I I ended up quitting swimming and that was really sad. But what I needed to happen to add more cards to my deck so that when the athlete one wasn't going well, I had others to hold the deck together. I wasn't going to just tear and fall apart. And it made me be... A healthier, happier all, all around person. So yeah, thank you all for sharing that. And I'm interested how has everyone's relationship to food and your body grown from high school, college, where you are now? That's a big question, but however you want to interpret that, go for it.
3: Um, yeah, that is it is a tough question. It's interesting though, because I think <laughs> even when you have been going, you know, through running and training and life um, or, you know, outside of college um, and into the real world, a lot of those same topics seem to still stay relevant. Um, you know, I feel like that is an ongoing <laughs> journey that you have in a relationship you have with food Um And I think it fluctuates. Like sometimes you do better than others. Um, I mean, I'm still a competitive runner. And so it is an ongoing battle when you have like an upcoming race. And, um, you know, I think it is really tough when you're on a team, especially. And every day you are lining up with a whole set of very competitive fit women and it is a direct comparison. You're like looking across the starting line, you're looking at their times. Um, You know, in college we all remember sitting down with our teammates and that feeling where you're watching what everybody around you is eating and it was like, it's just human nature. And um, I think you get more aware of it over time. And I think that was a huge benefit to having the conversations we had because awareness you can at least recognize that you're doing it. (laughs) That's a big step forward, Um, you know, and not just like letting your brain do all these things, you know, subconsciously and not having some, you know, at least recognition that it's happening. But I still recognize the same patterns that today that I had, you know, at 15 and especially, like the college is a whole nother step because you're living together. You know, high school, you go home and you eat your meal with your family and you get a little separation. College is like a whole nother thing where you're basically living with a whole set of very competitive women. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, if you can prepare girls for that next step, I think that's going to make a huge difference. Because I thought it was interesting as everyone was talking that, you know, it sounds like um, maybe all of us were without periods during college for at least some stretch of time. So, I mean, that's, you know, four out of four is, kind of a, an interesting statement about how prevalent that was. And I can tell you, I never had a conversation with my high school coach or my college coach about it. I just didn't feel comfortable about it. So I felt very isolated um, and wasn't getting the help that probably I should have been getting. So, um, but it just didn't feel like a comfortable conversation. It wasn't a conversation I was hearing around me, even amongst the girls on my team. And, um, it's strange looking back on it, but it, it was that way, but it was.
1: Yeah. Haley, I feel like you could do a whole episode on that question alone. Right. And I'm sure it comes up with like everybody, because like, I feel like each of us probably have an hour, right. That we could talk about all this stuff because unfortunately it's like, it's that prevalent. And I think that's what bums me out the most is that like, even we did like our counselor session, right, like a lot of the, you know, women of different age range and everything talked about or were open about like, yeah, I struggled with disordered eating, eating disorder, this, that, the other. And like, I- I'm happy they were able to kind of like vocalize that and talk about it. Um, because again, it's just crazy upsetting how common that is and whether it's like, again, what we're classifying as a diagnosable eating disorder or just a bad relationship with food. And that kind of, that's what came up for me a lot during camp was like relationship with food, right? It was not talking about, like you do or do not have an eating disorder. We're not trying to put people in like medical categories of things. We're talking about your relationship with food and eating and diet and culture and all these different things into one. And I think that's, again, I could just go on for hours and hours, but I won't. Um, And I'm a health coach now. And that's something that I still like people, their number one thing, right? Is like how food makes them feel and like food is emotional and, and all this kind of stuff all rolled into one. Um, So I think it's an important conversation to keep having with young women about like relationship with food and what is and is not considered disordered habits of eating and that this is not. There's not one way to be fast, right? You don't have to be under hundred pounds to run a five minute mile, that's just not true. Um, so I think we need to do a better job of dispelling rumors and making these conversations more prevalent, being open, being vulnerable, like hopefully during camp. Um, I'd be interested to see from you guys, if during your sessions, like those conversations were, I felt like I was always sort of on the brink of somebody bringing that up and being like, I have. Had trouble with this, or I am having trouble with this, but nobody ever really like came out and said it. So I'm curious if you guys had anybody who was a little bit more um, open about like, I had an eating disorder, I do feel like I don't understand, you know, my eating or I have a bad relationship with food.
2: I'll kind of, um, well, first, you know, address that question. I had a pretty quiet group, um, but, you know, and I think that was pretty common. uh, But I think, you know, in terms of just having that be a topic of conversation and kind of being tough for them to open up about because I would you know I've obviously you can still read body language even if it's over zoom um that that might have been something that they really that they seemed like they wanted to talk more about but that it was just something that again they weren't comfortable with and you know like Marcy said she wasn't comfortable talking about it into college too right so you imagine you know as a high schooler that can be something that you know you're young and you might think, oh, you know, even though we're talking about it as this is some, you know, this is a safe space, it can be tough to open up about. So, but, you know, I definitely had a, that same kind of feeling where it was something that, you know, they might have really wanted to talk about, but again, you know, not, maybe not being ready to really start to uh, explore, talk about those things or express those emotions especially with you know somebody that they they don't know um so uh but yeah that was definitely something that i also kind of am curious how that might have changed if we were in person you know um being maybe a more comfortable setting you know if we could actually see sit next to somebody and start talking but um to circle back to uh, the kind of original question um that you had posed i think you know As far as body image and food goes in high school, it was like never something I ever thought about, you know, like, um, it's really uh, crazy to me now, because it is still something I mean, even, you know, after going through a lengthy recovery process for an eating disorder, it's still something that you know, occupies a lot of my brain space, quite honestly. Um, and you know, it is a work in progress. It's it's something that you know, I have to work day in and day out at. But uh, but in high school, I would say that was really something that I felt like I had a pretty healthy relationship with. Um, it wasn't really until I came into college that a lot of that started to change. And it was just that immediate comparison reel. I think it's interesting because when I was in co- in high school, I remember again, having those same comparison thoughts, but they, they looked a lot different. They weren't on as much as appearance, but more on like just times, right? Like that seemed to be the focus for me in high school. And then, you know, going into college, noticing like, wow, all of these runners are, you know, this big you know like and I'm you know and then more of like that size and wow these people who are really fast tend to look a certain way again not making any correlation of are they actually healthy right like because the sad reality is probably not you know and and I and again that breaks my heart now to even think about but um but I think that was you know something that again as as I it's, it's shifted a lot um obviously that recovery process has helped me find more of a neutral space um but, you know, I would be kidding if I said that, that I have, you know, lots of good days and, you know, there's, but I have ways to, to cope and to work through that. And I think a lot of the, these conversations to just always remind me that, you know, like I need to focus on what my body can do for me rather than what it looks like. And, and also that reminder too, like you were saying, like, there's no, you know, one size or one body that, that can achieve amazing feats um, in any athletic sphere. And so I think those are really just important things, even if you're telling yourself them and you don't necessarily believe them, just keep hammering it home because eventually, you, you know, it will start to click. And I think as I'm coming, you know, more and more years away from competitive running, I'm, you know, and starting to find, wow, it's really fun to just run and just not have any pressure. Like like I could just go run three miles and I'm like, I can run as slow or as fast as I want. There is nothing tied to me, you know? And, and I think that has also kind of helped shape the, you know, my body image and my attitude towards, um, running and, and food and all of that.
0: Wow. That brought up so, so many different points for me that Oh my goodness. It's sort of what Emily was saying earlier, being in our our breakout trail groups was at sometimes, yeah, it was almost painful for me to be like digging back into my past and, and processing things that I struggled with or darker times in my life, or maybe things I'm still struggling with or thinking, you know, I wish I'd known or I wish I'd done, but having to remind myself, like I did do the best or what I thought was the best that I could with the knowledge I had when I was in whatever moment of my life. But yeah, I really hope that even if the harder parts of those conversations didn't come out in our trail groups necessarily, that, that could be that spark to start processing something or maybe open up to a sibling or a f- close friend and then like bring that to a team and, and keep igniting those conversations. And something else I think about a lot is I know for me too, as a college athlete, like maybe looking up to professional runners as something like you want to aspire towards or like, oh, clearly they're at the top of their game. So like, I need to do what they're doing. But no, running is their job. (laughs) They are paid to run. They've been running for many more years than I have on me. And I don't necessarily see, oh, hey, she took two years off of running to work on X, Y, and Z and yeah, just qualified for the Olympics. But like, I don't see her day to day. I don't realize it's her job that she has nutritionist has, you know, you don't know all, all of the little pieces that go into it. And that's just not attainable when you're in high school or college is to be like a professional runner. And I loved, I loved Maria's presentation so much. I loved how she talked about, embracing food as an experience. I remember one of the counselors sharing in her group that they talked about food as a love language. I think that, I think she, she said, and I just thought that was such a beautiful way of framing it because, you know, it is so much more than just fueling your body. It's like, yes, it's important that you're getting all the nutrients you need, but food's also, it's like memories and connections and community and it's, it is an emotional experience. There's no shame to that.
3: Do you guys think that there's any need for a forum like this for like post collegiate running? Because I feel like if you want to be a lifelong runner, you know, you, you are on your high school team and you find a way to make it work in college. And then you graduate and you're just kind of just, <laughs> it's like, where do you go from here? Um, I don't know if anybody else had that experience, but it's, there's just kind of this moment where you fall off the edge and you know, if you're lucky to be in a, a good running community where you can find some connections, but especially seeing how well this did in like a zoom component for like the high school kids, I was like, Oh my gosh, I would love to have an adult camp <laughs> uh, and like have some of same conversations like we're having uh you know from a little bit different perspective from like another five ten years down the road and like have the opportunity as some you know as how like said I'm 34 but like girls that are just graduating being like oh my gosh you have so many fun options with what you can do if you like haven't been introduced to ultra running like here are some connections here like because it's all different training and you're just Googling it and trying to figure it out on your own. And it's like this big mystery. And I think a lot of people kind of get lost from there. Um, so I don't know. I I don't know if like there are forums out there that I haven't heard about. Like I'm very interested in the like strong runner chick. I I've never even heard of that. I don't know what that is. So,
2: (laughs) Well, I can kind of jump off because that's, you know, I guess they bring in a little bit of that. They, you know, I think um, Megan Flanagan, um, she's the the founder of that. And she really started it from, I think, the angle more of young runners. Again, to say, same idea as Wild, Wildwood, um, really focusing on that experience from a younger age, right, with the hope that if you, you know, can get this information to younger girls, it won't be as much of, uh, you know, shock or um, as it might not do as much damage, um, honestly, you're kind of like a damage control, right, um, is the way that I think about, you know, that information giving, you know, just giving them the resources from a younger age. But she really does pull now a lot from post-collegiate, um, all levels of running, right? So if you just, you know, you run for fun or you, you know, you would do competition, but you t- on your own terms or you're in college again any level you're elite you're elite, you're you know all of those atmospheres so she um she definitely does do some of that work to try and, again, cultivate a community for, again, like I think about like somebody like me now, right? Like I'm, you know, no longer competitive. I still run. I still love the community. And I, you know, I'm learning to navigate that outside of a competitive sphere. So, um, but there's definitely, I mean, I love that you brought that up because there is certainly a need for it. And I'd be, I'd be in there totally on board. So <laughs> if that gets started or, you know, I, I would love to really, again, again, to have that kind of experience because I think there are so many things that, again, still as I'm navigating, I'm like, yeah, I, I want people to talk to about this. <laughs>
3: yeah, because that's me. as like running with you know, like women around my age, you hear a lot of the same conversations about like running during pregnancy or while you're trying to get pregnant or if you had an eating disorder in the past, how like you have to adjust your running to like compensate for that. And there's like so many topics actually a lot of the same topics as far as like body image and you know nutrition and there's just a lot of conversations even for women our age that again you're like where is the forum <laughs> why well, no one's having this conversation like you know there'll be little bits where like we should start a conversation but you're like yeah let's have a conversation let's <laughs> let's do the thing yeah
0: Well, I guess that can lead nicely into one of the last questions I had was how do you want to bring this work of Wildwood into your life? Whether that's your own practice and experience as someone who enjoys running or whether that's your coaching experiences, your, your jobs. I mean, we all seem to have some sort of job that still involves coaching or, or working with people. So whoever wants to go, take it away. (laughs)
1: I mean, I I I do think I learned a lot. I would say to me, a lot of my day to day is actually working with people who um, are overweight and struggling to get motivated to exercise or to eat better. So it's very like different spectrum, right? So some of the principles of intuitive eating work for those folks, and some don't. Um, So what I would love to do is to be able to try to take. That's just one example of that, like intuitive eating. Um, and kind of an identity. I think those are the two biggest things that I think I can take with me from camp and work with my clients to talk about, okay, let's not focus on how many grams of protein and how much this and that and exercise you need. Let's talk about who you want to be and why being healthy is important to you. Um, And particularly, you know, for women, a lot of that is connected to like, you know, childbearing years, having children, being alive and healthy long enough to um, you know, raise those children and experience things with them. Um, but it also is still body image. I mean, I work with 65 year old women who are self conscious about, you know, the way that they look or where they carry their weight and things like that. So um, I think a lot of the principles that I learned around, again, like intuitive eating and not saying no to emotional eating is just to recognize and learn about where that comes from. I would really like to do more research and put that into practice with my clients about. Um, let's talk about who you want to be and why health is important to you and then work backwards, right? I'm not trying to give you like an exact exercise plan or this or that or whatever. I'm trying to work on kind of a more holistic thing. So me starting my own coaching business, I'm still developing the tactics and things that I'm learning. So I think this was a really powerful networking experience. I I met a lot of awesome people like you guys. Um, and you know, I can take some of those principles, um, and, and work with my clients on them.
0: Yeah. And getting into that, Emily, how much do we really need to talk about weight as an indicator of health? Like, you know, what else can we lean on? Can we look at our identities, deeper values and habits and relationships and what our strengths are, what we enjoy, you know, how can we learn to practice self-love and self-acceptance, in, you know, a world that does stigmatize weight and, you know, does tell us that we need to look or behave a certain way to fit in or achieve what we need to. Like, how can we rewrite those stigmas and ideals around weight in, in our journeys to health? Like, it's, you know, it's a very individualized and complex word, health is, for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I'm really like everything that you had said, Emily. I think, um, you know, again, for, for me, uh, currently where, you know, where I'm at, obviously going back um, to school, but for physical therapy, I think that's something that I ultimately want to connect into this world. I mean, my I want my scope of practice to be with athletes. That's, um, that's my down the road goal, but I think um, there's really a, a need for professionals in that field um, to to, you know, be connecting all of this information back to their athletes. Right. Um, you know, obviously my, my role will not be as a dietitian, and it won't be as a therapist. Right. But, or, you know, um, uh, for psychiatric needs, but for, you know, again, when you come in for an injury or just working on preventative things, um, how can I apply again, the things that I'm learning, you know, th- by just talking with these girls about if that's going to be a client of mine in the future, right? How can I really approach these conversations um, in, you know, in a manner that's that they're, they'll hopefully be receptive to? Um, but I, you know, I think um, this was a great learning experience for me on just again cultivating that conversation with with people that I don't know and that they don't know me and again doing it over zoom just adds a whole nother component on um, to it but I think those talking points um and just how to approach conversations that can be really uncomfortable you know um and when you don't have that ability to just you know sit next to somebody I think uh, that was a definitely a learning experience um but also uh, just again, continuing to grow, um, you know, my own knowledge and, realized too, you know, this obviously camp coming a couple of years after I went to Melody Fairchild's camp, which again is sim- in a similar vein, um, just how much I've changed from, you know, then and, and how much different I kind of approached those conversations. And so I think that was also kind of a, a pretty cool component of it, but definitely, again, love to meet new people um, and learn about other people's experiences and just, you know, the fact that they're talking about this stuff is, is just so important and i'll carry that definitely um throughout my my years in whatever profession you know wherever i end up in my profession i guess
3: yeah i think you know a lot of it has been for me just trying to keep these types of conversations going when the opportunities have presented themselves um, you know, I, I really felt like on that last day of camp, I was like, I want more, <laughs> like, can we tie this into something else and like keep the conversation going. And I'm hopeful that there'll be more camps and more opportunities. And uh, we'll see those things happening. But even just with people that I run with, and with athletes that I'm running with. And, you know, I try to be like, Hey, I have a like, good hear this interesting piece at camp last week they had an interesting idea um you know like as the girls were running like last week one of the girls was like oh I'm having cramps I'm like oh here's the door we can like have a normalized conversation about this I'm like oh yeah I mean how are you feeling and like you know try to get a conversation going around it um some of the conversations are really hard um you know as when you actually are interacting with someone and you're seeing all these red flags and you're like, I recognize it. I've been there. You know, you are looking thin, your energy is low, you're injured repeatedly. And how to have that conversation with someone in a way that's like not, they're not feeling like you're coming after them or shaming them, but that you just want to be supportive and you just don't know how open they are to having that conversation some conversations are harder to start than others. So I'm, I'm hoping that um, there'll be just more information about how to generate these kinds of conversations. And um, cause you know, that's, that's information I would have liked to have is like maybe had a whole nother <laughs> section um, to camp where like the counselors could have gotten together and like had some more talks about that kind of stuff. Um, Because there's so many concepts that I want to apply, I just am having a little bit of a gap in how to, you know, successfully apply them and kind of keep spreading the conversation. So, but in time, it'll happen. (laughs) So just keep, like I said, keep these kind of conversations going. And I think it it will happen over time.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely not something that's going to look a certain way or has to be done a certain way either Too, I think. You know, as you were saying, Marcy, just like finding those opportunities of, oh, how can I naturally incorporate this? Um, and definitely it's been, I think like presently and previously for me, it's been, you know, using this podcast as, you know, how can we discuss have these conversations and and um share out some of this knowledge and kind of like on a peer-to-peer basis with my teammates. And and now, you know, as I mentioned, I'm going to be coaching a middle school track team. And I am so excited about that, but I'm also wondering like, how can I take this work there too? You know, what's it going to look like with um, like a mixed gender environment or, you know, what are our parents going, like, where do parents see my place in having these types of conversations with their, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 year olds. So um, that's definitely something I'm just starting to to think about and and for sure want to um, explore. And from the perspective of camp, too, something I asked my group was, you know, how do you think of yourself as a runner when you're 25 or when you're in your 40s? And I was like, because personally, like I don't. 25 is only a couple years away for me. Like, and, and you know, they all were kind of like, yeah, no. So I love that you know, asking yourself, like, yeah, wait, why do I run? Why is this important to me? Why is health important to me? And like, how can we make this a long-term process? But yeah, pandemic, hard to say that there's been silver linings in this time, but, you know, the ability to connect across geographic boundaries through Zoom has for sure been, been a silver lining to the pandemic. Before we wrap up, are there any other interesting pieces of information that you took out of camp or any other myths that were debunked for you that you want to share so I was just thinking about how Marie shared her experience too and she talked about how she ran like 15 miles a week in high school and and then ran at Oregon and she was super successful and you know in my head I'm like oh you couldn't run like 40 miles a week at the University of Oregon and be a successful runner. So I just, I just loved like hearing little tidbits like that of like, yeah, do follow your own path, do what you need to do for yourself, like learn from other people, but do it in your own way.
3: And
1: that's true for running and life, right? That we find these people that we think are so, so successful at whatever they do for work or their family or this or that or whatever. And you know, success to you has to mean a different thing. The process might be different. So I think that is a huge, like larger, right? Like learning opportunity is just because somebody else has a life or lifestyle that I want for myself, my process is different and what it ends up as is different too. that. You know, you, you, you can't waste too much time comparing because your process is going to be different.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think, you know, again, just as you had touched on that, you know, what works for one person doesn't work for another. And I think that was something that um, you know, I, when, when Marie said that about the mileage, it, it's that stuck out to me as well. Um, you know, and I thought about that and I was like, you know, what? again, it's just another reminder that it doesn't have to look a certain way. You know, I know that there's probably a lot of people that disagree with that, who say, you know, in order to run fast marathons, you have to run hundred plus miles a week. I don't agree with that, honestly, at all. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I kind of, what I think I love about the, um, science end of it is that there's people that are trying different methods, right? Like how can we incorporate, you know, more cross training, less mileage, less of that pounding and still get the same or better results. Um, And so I think that kind of stuff is really interesting, but um, but yeah, I think again, that, that major takeaway in all of the, you know, on all the topics that we talked about, nutrition, Um, training, body shape, size—all of that is, you know, it's a one size fits one. Um, not a one size fits all. And I think that's something that everybody can use. That that constant reminder that you know, again, we are our own individual. And what works for me may not work for you three. And what works for one of you guys doesn't. You know, it doesn't work for the other person. And we just have to trust our own process. Um. And like you said, we'll we'll get there and just as long as we keep working at it and keep uh, that attitude up that, you know, we're, we're on our right path.
3: Yeah. I think like probably the biggest takeaway from that experience for me was just because I had been disconnected from high school running for a full 15 years, it was easier probably to see there is a shift happening um just and it, it seemed very clear from like comparing it to what I remembered from high school running and like seeing how these girls were talking to each other and the topics and how they were discussing the topics they were far more educated and far more comfortable than I was on a lot of those things and it was so encouraging to see that um because you know it was a large group of girls from all over the country and you're like well it's a good sampling of what's going on within that culture. And I, I was just so happy to see the prevalence of that information being distributed and the steps that have been made there was just, just so encouraging to me. So that was a very like optimistic, happy takeaway from that interaction that it just seemed like it, it's made huge jump in the last even 15 years with the availability of that information.
0: Great. Well, thank you all so much for jumping into this little crazy idea of mine that I had and making it making it happen. I really enjoyed our conversation and just want to give another shout out to to Wildwood Running. Expect much more out of them. Opportunities not only for for athletes but for coaches and really anyone who wants to support female athletes. So yeah, thank you, Robin and Marie, for the work and thank you. Marcy and Miranda and Emily for joining me today I just remember when I told my my roommates I was like yeah I'm I'm doing a virtual running camp they were like what like (laughs) looked at me like I had two heads I was like yes one I'm that obsessed with running and two it does matter (laughs) but yeah running camp with no running what you know who would have thought so it turned
3: out wonderfully it was great great experience (laughs) did a great job